you've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geek's Watch. We're talking Stranger Things Season 2 still, Episode 2. When we get to that, I think we'll have a lot to talk about. First, let's talk about some geek news, John. Let's do that. What do you have first? Uh, First thing I'd like to talk about is Ron Howard has reportedly filmed over 80% new material for the Han Solo movie. I mean, that is a lot. Especially, I mean... He essentially redid the whole movie. Essentially, and you have to think that, you know, they were pretty... A pretty good deal into production and filming when he came aboard. I heard they were somewhere like 70% done. So that's... uh, Yeah, he essentially redid the whole movie. That's, That's pretty crazy. It definitely is. I mean, that's. I wouldn't say that's unprecedented. I mean, that's happened before with like Superman two, um, when they replaced uh, Richard Donner. Do you think that's going to? Is that going to hurt the movie? Do you think, or do you think the fact that it's? I mean, because you got to think if they redid eighty percent of the movie, that means they had to do a lot of heavy rewrites in no time. Well, I would assume that the reason why they did that, something so drastic as they did, and I mean, Disney being the company that can afford to waste money on something like this, like this drastic of a change in such a short turnaround time, I would assume it's only to make the movie as good as it can possibly be. Well, I mean, from what rumors say is that, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were making a comedy, and that just wasn't jiving with Disney. They wanted... They want a, uh, you know, Han Solo action film. So, um, I guess bringing in Ron Howard is what you want to do for that, but... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't think of really too many action films that Ron Howard's done, but... I was say, a cocoon. No, not really. I mean, the Da Vinci Code, I guess, is kind of, uh, like, action-y. No, no. It's adventure I guess yeah. it's, it's a good way of putting it. Um, I mean, Apollo 13, yeah. No, I still wouldn't no. even say that's action. Uh, he's more of a drama guy for my taste, but oh, the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess it, it could be good, it could be bad. Uh, we'll have to see when it comes out. Um, it just amazes me how much they ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, if it does turn out to be bad, we know somebody who's uh, kind of counting on it at this time. Yeah, we got a uh, was it Rob Leefield? Well, okay, going into the next story. Sorry. Uh, the creator of Deadpool, Rob Liefeld, has come out and had a few choice words for Disney in the Han Solo movie. He came out uh, at uh, the LA Comic-Con uh, where he said, uh, Disney is delusional and is hoping, hoping Han Solo a week before Deadpool 2 uh, uh, and they are going to get their asses kicked. 
Yeah, so... That's a bold statement. Uh, Han Solo comes out, or I guess the movie's just called Solo. It's coming out May 25th, uh, 2018. Deadpool 2, Ted, Deadpool 2 comes out uh, June 1st, 2018. Uh, so, seven days. And he, he also added, seven days later, mark my words, skeptical man. Uh, points to a member in the audience, mark my words, Han Solo, get the hell out of the summer. Because uh, seven days later, an army of mercenaries is coming to send the Falcon into hyperspace. Disney, I apologize in advance, but I'm telling the truth. Deadpool is going to kick your ass. Now, <laughs> do you think? Uh, would you say that there's a lot of crossover audience? The people that are going to go see Han, the Han Solo movie are the same people that are going to go see the Deadpool movie. I say there's a there's a big uh, middle ground where you have comic book slash Star Wars fans. Okay. Uh, plus, even at this point, I would say that it's not just comic book fans that watch Deadpool. I mean, it did quite well in the box office, so it, it has you know something to to a following. And then obviously, it's not just science fiction people that watch Star Wars movies. You know, that's one thing that I, amazes me about Star Wars is that people that don't even like genre films will be like, "Oh yeah, I, I love Star Wars." Like they might not get into it as much as you <laughs> or even me. But they they are definitely fans of the of the franchise. So now, if I was a betting person, and I totally am, <laughs> I would say that uh, Lee Field is correct. I think Deadpool will be the bigger success. I mean, I still think they're both going to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but I think Deadpool is going to edge it out simply because my logic is, I would rather go see a movie that's a continuation of something and expands on it. Rather than, oh, this is how we got to this point. Yeah, but it, it also expands on the story. The only thing, the problem I see with it is that people aren't going to, I think your hardcore fans aren't going to like the fact that it's not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And then your uh, casual fans are going to be like, I, I don't understand. A lot of hardcore fans are also going to be upset that it's going to be all new canon too. That's true too. That I mean, that's the super hardcore fans. And there's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, but that was a big chunk of what Star Wars fans were basically turned into, given the such a big time difference between movies and all we had was expanded universe to fill the gap. So a lot of people really clung to and and loved that expanded universe for what it was, and then they got thrown out. <laughs> uh, I mean, what happens happens. I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see it play out, which is also funny because, you know, Disney owns Marvel, but they don't have the movie rights to Fox characters, which is what Dead- Deadpool is. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's, I think it's funny how that plays out. Yeah. So. And I mean, we'll see who, uh, who laughs last, I guess, <laughs> when the movies finally come out. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking Deadpool's going to be the, the clear winner clear victor yeah uh, all right uh fair enough um what was your other story that you want to talk about um black adam has a writer oh who's the writer so it looks like it's the creator of undateable i loved that show but it's also odd that he's writing because the undateable was a very uh, i want to say different but it was a it was a different type of sitcom uh, especially towards the end when they started doing all the episodes live, like it 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 became something much different than it would it would it started off with as. Was that the one with uh, all those comedians? Yes, like uh, Ron Funches was on it. Yeah. Um, Delia, Delia, Chris Delia was the one of the main stars. Brett Moran was a uh, I don't know why I said his name that weird <laughs> way, but it's Brett Moran. 
he was the other star and a very I thought it was a very great show uh, and uh, very intelligent writing uh, but obviously Black Adam's not going to be a comedy no so but he is undateable <laughs> well at, at one point you know he's in the in the comic books he's married to Isis um, Adriana Tomaz she becomes the, the character Isis or the superhero Isis. Yeah, but if you look in her eyes, she just wasn't really into it. No, really? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> there was a lot of regret in that decision. <laughs> um, but The Rock the Rock can pull off comedy as well as action, so uh, I imagine he'll deliver some lines in a comedic way. I guess so, yeah. And, I mean, as long as it's smartly written, I almost don't even really care about the tone as long as it's written well. Mm-hmm. It could be funny. It could be serious and dark. It could be action adventure. And see, that's the thing is, is and I think that's one of the problems that they have over at the DCEU right now. Uh, maybe not so much Wonder Woman, but I still would include Wonder Woman on there. Is they don't understand which properties need to be light and which properties need to be dark. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Superman and Batman v Superman, which are both, or I'm sorry, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which are both very dark in tone. Which probably shouldn't have been, but then you have Suicide Squad, which should have been dark in tone, and it was very light, which really shouldn't have been. (laughs) Right. And Wonder Woman, it, it, I guess it, it towed the line a lot better, but um, I I still had my problems with that movie. You know, I love the honest trailer for Wonder Woman because they addressed the one biggest complaint I had, which was the way that the the two side villains act like cartoon characters. So, uh, Professor Poison or Doctor Poison, Doctor Poison, and, and then the German officer guy. Okay, so not by, not um, Ares. No, not Ares. Ares was kind of over the top theatrical, but he's a Greek god, so I give him a pass for that. I, I get what you're saying though with uh, the German uh, general and and Doctor. <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of uh, they're kind of uh, Boris and Natasha. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when the the, and the the one scene that really kind of just took me out of the movie was when they poisoned that room full of uh, generals, and he, the Danny Houston throws in a gas mask, and Doctor Poison's like, "That's not gonna help anything," and he's like, "Yeah, but they don't know that," <laughs> and they do this ridiculous like Muttley laugh, <laughs> and I'm like, "What the hell?" It's like it's just turned into like freaking like comedy or something. It was just like wow and and they addressed that and kudos to them for like pointing that out it wasn't just me this really was just a terrible scene and an otherwise decent movie <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh hopefully hopefully it works out for the uh, did you did you tell me what the name was of the writer was you just said he was the creator of oh it was Undateable. like jim stitzkeel it i can't pronounce okay, it. okay fair really enough hard name. <laughs> uh i i hope i hope it works out well because I, I i think a black adam movie could be great and Dwayne Johnson, man. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it should be great. There's no reason why DC should be making bad movies. There's no excuse for it. There's really no excuse whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just need someone to get in there and be and tell Warner Brothers, look, you need to back off a little bit. Let us make the movies we need to make, and don't worry about you know interfering so much. But you want to make a dark DC movie, then start building up the you know the foundation for Blackest Night. There you go. Then we can go dark. You, you, you can make you can make movies like Deathstroke. Deathstroke can be dark. Yeah. That's fine. You can make uh, you can make your Justice League dark movie and make it dark. You know, I will take back everything bad I've ever said about DC. Uh, you know, putting out shitty movies just to make a dollar. 
if they actually commit to like an origin story for Black Hand. Wow. That actually follows through with, you know, the character and his his, his stuff that happens to him. That would that would be pretty dark. <laughs> That'd be like like seven level dark. Yeah. You know? There you go. Just get David Fincher to get make Get David movie. Fincher, yeah. David Fincher, get him on the line right now and uh Which I have to say, I don't know if you watched it yet, but I just recently watched it. Uh, season one of Mindhunter on uh, on Netflix, which is you know, created by David Fincher, directed he writ, wrote and directed most of the episodes. Uh, great great series it kind of is kind of a follow-up or unintentional sequel to zodiac um where it's the it's basically the um, the creation of the behavioral science unit in the fbi and there you see them as they create the words like serial killer and spree killing and uh motive or not motive but um uh I don't remember what stressors stressors is, the, is the, mm. like yeah those things it's it's pretty it's pretty good it triggers <laughs> yeah triggers and stuff like that so no oh, that's cool I'll have to check it out I had heard that he was involved in it I had no idea he wrote and directed episodes as well that's, that's gonna be some homework for me now yeah and it's it's all based off of uh the it's 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 all I guess loosely based off of the real life uh, uh FBI agents that that started the the behavioral science unit or behavioral analysis unit or whatever it's called. That's cool. But, yeah. Um, okay, so you have uh, the Titans TV show. It's going to be on DC's All Access, uh, whatever that their streaming channel is going to be called. Not All Access because All Access is the CBS one, but uh, it's something like that. And uh, we've already seen some of the actors or characters cast. We have, a, we have Beast Boy. We have Raven. We have Starfire and Nightwing at this point. However, they have come out with some uh, that that let's see the hashtag show has gotten a hold of the character casting breakdowns for some other characters on the show. Uh, now, take into account that the names have been changed. They didn't they don't come right out and tell you the names of the characters, but they these are the descriptions. So you got Daniel Cross, male, seventeen to nineteen, Caucasian, athletic, street smart, cocky yet charming. His life changed forever when he uh, crosses a crime fighter and is given a new outfit for his rebellious ways. Reoccurring guest star, Jennifer Andrews, female. 20s, 30s, Caucasian, small town, Midwestern girl, gone to Hollywood. Jennifer is a star on the rise. She comes across a doe She comes across as as a doe-eyed girl, all American and naive in her approach uh, to her art and life. Jennifer em- emulates the classic girl next door actors from the 1940s and 50s, a bit stifferty in her thinking and appearance. Jennifer feels like a woman out of time. Reoccurring guest star. Caroline, female, 40s, Caucasian, however, uh, forever sleepless with worry. Uh, she's the mother of a young troubled teen seeking a recognizable cameo face or, or name guest star. Uh, the Messenger, male, 50s, 60s, open eth- ethnicity, outwardly a warm and kind presence. Uh, he doesn't seem to, the, to uh, he doesn't seem the type to be powerful or malicious but he has the ability to run to turn on a dime and be the most terrifying man you have ever met seeking uh offer only name recognizable faces reoccurring guest star so daniel cross uh, a lot of people are speculating that this daniel cross character is roy harper um green arrow sidekick either speedy arsenal or red arrow whatever you want to call him um I don't. I haven't heard anything about Jennifer Andrews. Who that might be. Um, same as Caroline. Obviously, Caroline is probably going to be one of the Titans' mothers. And the Messenger. 
I have a theory that that might be Red Tornado. Like, it might be the person that the Titans have to look towards as the liaison to the Justice League if they go without that direction. Hmm. That would make sense. He'd be the bridge. Yeah, exactly. So he'd be the messenger from the from the JLA, or um, he would also... I mean, he'd be older, and he could be any ethnicity because he's a robot. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you have any things that you want to say about those characters mm, not necessarily except uh i defer to your analysis of those <laughs> descriptions because you're much more versed than the the titan verse than i would be but uh when do these start filming i'm actually kind of getting really anxious to see like the first footage of how this is going to look and because that's going to determine for me whether i'm going to you know, even bother trying to watch it or not. You know, I, I don't know when they start filming, if, they, if they've if they already started filming or not. Let's see, Titans is set to debut 2018 on DC's as-yet-untitled digital service. Titans stars uh, Bretton Thwaites as Dick Grayson, um, Anna du- Diop as Starfire, Tegan, or Tegan Croft as Raven, Ryan Potter as Beast Boy, and I forgot that Alan Hitch- Richardson uh, as Hawk and Minka Kelly as Dove and Lindsay Gort as Amy Robrock. Um, I, I mean, I don't know who that Amy Warlock character is at the end, but fair enough. I, you know, I, I don't know when the this show is supposed to. Oh, I guess there is some speculation. Mes- the messenger might be Brother Blood. Um, Caroline maybe Angela Roth. Um, uh, and maybe the mother of Raven. So, who knows? Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so maybe she can explain how she. Uh knocked boots with a demon yeah <laughs> uh okay more apparently 2017 2018 is going to be the years of of uh stephen king <laughs> because uh as it was successful it sounds like 1922 is kind of successful on netflix um let's see what else has come out that's that's been oh we have castle rock that's gonna be coming out pretty soon uh also pet cemetery is getting a readaptation. Mm-hmm. And they have directors for it now. A directing team, Dennis Widmeyer and Kevin Kolsch. Um, I believe they 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 did a they co-directed a 2014 fantasy horror called Starry Eyes, uh, and also helmed episodes of MTV's Scream series. So, uh, did you see Starry Eyes? I have not. Do you know anything about it? No, I don't. Okay. Well, uh, do you know about Pet Cemetery? I do. Okay, what do you know about Pet Cemetery? I know that sometimes dead is better. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know I've watched Pet Cemetery, and it's got that creepy fucking kid. Um, Cage. Yeah. Cage is that? That's his name in the movie. Oh, okay. Well, I just remember the actor. Like he was on, he was on Kindergarten Cop. He's the one that says, uh, "Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina." Right, he was. <laughs> uh, he was on. I think he was. He was on um, Full House for the longest time, but I can't really think of uh, you know other things about him. Yeah, it's probably one of those where if we look him up now, he's probably like either really health nut, super fit, or completely burned out and wasted. Yeah, it could be, could go either way. Um, but uh, something when I was looking this story up. <laughs> I don't know why I never realized this, but cemetery is spelt wrong. Is there a reason why it's an S instead of a C? Yes. Why? Um, because it was the pet cemetery was made by children that lived in like the area. Okay. Uh, so they made the sign and they spelled it wrong because you know kids are dumb. 
and that's just how they did it. But yeah, it was, uh, the whole pet cemetery was, um, you know, for people to put their cats, their goldfish, whatever. Um, but the thing I always found funny is that the pet cemetery is not actually where the problem is. It's actually an Indian burial ground. Of course, it is several miles away from the pet cemetery. <laughs> Like, you have to hike along a mountain trail to get to that actual place that's haunted. <laughs> but the pet cemetery is just, like, across the street. So, you know, it makes it that much more, I guess, poignant to the story. So, what do you think about a remake of this or a readaptation of this story? I think this one's fine. The movie itself, the original, was serviceable. It was really gory and kind of cool for the time being. Um, it could. I remember the kid slices the one dude's Achilles tendon. Yes. That was that always got me. The, I think he was a doctor, so yeah. he had a little scalpel kit. Yeah. And yeah. He he sliced his Achilles tendon, and then that was just to bring him down. That was like his like Spider-Man wrapping the web around Giant Man's <laughs> knees to, to bring him down. You know. And like then, in that old movie, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> that really old movie. And. Uh, <laughs> I'm exactly the same age as Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so really old. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, fuck you, Spider-Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck you, Tom Holland. Yeah. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, yeah, it's one of those movies that was really good at the time. And it could only be done better at this point. I can't imagine them... Like, it sucks when they take a good movie and they make a bad one out of it. Like, in my opinion, the Verhoeven remakes mm-hmm. that have been happening over the last few years. Um, but this is one that I feel like it's almost impossible to fuck up. You know? You just gotta stay... You know, just follow the book and have some good visual effects. You know, some good practical effects. You don't need crazy CGI for any of what happens in <clears throat> Pet Cemetery. And, you know, I think the, the only thing that I could see them really uh, damaging it is that... And I don't know what the rating is on the first movie or the original. Oh, it had thing. to have been rated R. Like, it was super gory. If they make it a PG-13 movie just to, you know, get uh, younger audiences and more numbers and stuff like that, that's I think that would be the biggest problem. Well, I mean, I hope they learn from it that there's an audience for good Stephen King horror movies. You just got to be true to it and actually make use. I mean, that's actually a good point because I thought it didn't even really need to be rated R. No, it didn't. For just like one, I think honestly the only thing that gave him that R rating was that Opening scene at the scene? beginning. Yeah. yeah, and then after that, you're pretty much fine. Really. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing too outrageous that yeah. warrants is it. There was warrants no nudity. It. I mean, maybe in part two there will be some since there'll be adults. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I, this one should definitely be rated R because it should definitely be gory, due to the fact that you're gonna have. Uh, reanimated corpses and some pretty brutal murders. Yeah, I think that's the the murders is is where it's gonna be at. Yeah. So yeah, you don't PG thirteen that shit. Come on. Last uh, story I want to talk about before we get into Stranger Things, Crow reboot as it's being called now, The Crow Reborn. Uh, the creator of The Crow, James O'Barr, uh, made comment as as of right now, it's st- it's slated to start pre production in February with a very talented British actor named Corin Hardy. I'm involved in every aspect of the film and working closely with the director. Uh, while he didn't mention Mo- Momoa's involvement, the social media posts that he, re- he referenced are definitely an indication the actor is still involved in the project. Uh, though fans of the Brandon Lee film will st- say that the film should not be remade, it's a good point at this 
Uh, I, I I don't know. I guess I'm excited for a a, a new uh, Crow movie. I, I don't know if I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I guess I can look forward to it, is, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I think there's a lot more that they could do with that story. Even after, was it four sequels and a TV series? Yeah. Um, I mean, that cow was very thoroughly milked. <laughs> and, you know, it's also very much a product of the 90s. It's like a... That's... The i the the whole that whole dark look was very much that kind of comic book then like it's like that's like Spawn like that's how I I, I fear Spawn might not do well when they remake it when Tom McFarlane make remakes it this time because like characters like that that were that were made in in the nineties created in the 90s, yeah that that were supposed to have this edge and darkness and stuff it's like uh, I don't know if that's that's like a thing that still is gonna be it's like ooh look Spawn is asymmetrical <laughs> so he has rad. Sp- spikes and chains <laughs> yeah uh, like but, one foot is like the size of a tree trunk for some reason <laughs> but then again you know. Uh, Deadpool was created in the in the 90s as well and he's moved on but then again his the way he was created like the version of him that was when he was first created as to the version of him that is that exists now is completely different so uh, I think that's why Deadpool has kind of become more timeless and in a way the version we have now is kind of stuck in the 90s with all the references and this <laughs> meta commentary yeah yeah true enough like Sinead O'Connor 1990 yeah <laughs> to you all that <laughs> uh, yeah so I know it, it could work um, Momoa is very imposing though I figure he wouldn't eat the crow he'd just fight his way back from death <laughs> <laughs> he just Dothraki his way through yeah he just like say hey how can contain me it's afraid of me uh, okay cool any other stories that you want to talk about? No, I'm all cool now. All right, let's get right into chapter two of season two of Stranger Things. Trick, treat, trick or treat, freak. Uh, I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was cute that that Eleven really wanted to go trick or treating, and she's like, "Look, I'll be wearing a costume. No one can see me. This will be my. This will be my opportunity to leave the house. You know, yeah. wearing her ghost, her ghost sheet, which to me was very. Much, I don't know if if I'm looking into it too much but it felt like it was a uh, reference to et i thought so too okay i thought exactly the same thing all right cool um which i mean i imagine there's other references to et in the show so far is well, there reese's pieces season one well yeah in episode one they made a mention that uh will's favorite candy was reese's pieces mm. and then in the, at the end of season one when all the kids are in the bikes you know trying to get away from hawkins lab Makes you know, sense. It's the, it's essentially a like shot for shot remake, with the exception that they don't fly on their bikes, but L makes one of the vans flip over. Yes, over them instead, right instead yeah. of them flying. So yeah, there's there's definitely references. Actually, also the way that L is dressed when she has the blonde wig on too, that looks very similar to how they dress up ET. Uh, in yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. The only thing it was she was missing was the flower hat, but yeah, it was very similar. Uh okay the kids the boys they go as ghostbusters she Which I loved <laughs> she is dressed as a ghost yeah now she has no contact with the boys but do you think that's part of her like her mental link with them that she inadvertently created a, a character or created a costume that would would go along with their costume I had not made that connection, but yeah, that makes perfect sense that she would fit along, and they wouldn't even have to know that it was her. 
Right. Just be like, hey, ghost, let's all like, you know, pretend to bust you or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of their little, the, the boys' little spat about who gets to play Bankman and who has to play Winston? That was awesome. And you know what? I have to admit, I'm like, well, why wouldn't Lucas be Winston? I mean, obviously, kind of have some similarities, movement-wise, but I, 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 yes, obviously, <laughs> as as the dynamic for skin color goes for their group, I mean, it'd make more sense that he would play Winston. However, I have to say, the fact that they all argued that Winston was terrible and the worst is like is wrong. Yeah, maybe he doesn't get the the, the best jokes in the first movie. But that's because the, the the role was written for Eddie Murphy, and he turned it down. They didn't know what um, Ernie Hudson Hudson could do at that moment, at that point, I imagine. But Winston is great. He is the every man on that on that team. He's the whole reason why that that team, I think, resonates with most people. And then he he's the one who comes up with the like some of the better like um, plot points like later on, like you know. Dogs and cats living together, you know, kind of thing, you know, uh, talking about the end of days and stuff. And then he's like, I have seen shit that would turn you white. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I thought it was I thought that was I thought that was a disservice to his character to say that no one likes him. I like Winston. You know, I think it, <laughs> this is kind of a meta thing, but Ernie Hudson still clings on to the Ghostbuster fame so hard. Well, I, mean, I think people project him into that. I mean, which is funny because we, we just talked about the the crow. He was the officer in the crow as well. That's true. Yeah. He, I mean, it's not like he didn't have a career after Ghostbusters, but I mean, that is what he's mainly known for. Yeah. And when he's making an appearance anywhere, it's 99% of the time Ghostbuster related and he plays into it. He'll definitely wear the, the suit. And yeah, take pictures with fans and sign autographs as of him as Winston, which and, is good. Which is good, yeah. But I think that's also because for every other actor in the in the movie, and now we're kind of getting a little bit more into the meta of it. But I mean, for them, it was it was like a job, and they moved on from it. Even though a couple of them were the creators of it. Well, I think that's and that's the thing is that they were the creators of it. Like Harold Ramis and, and uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know. They they wrote the script, so yeah. it, they their other avenues were were writing other scripts and making other projects. But I still think that that's the uh, oh, with those three actors. Um, even though Bill Murray has gone out to have a, a prolific a pro, pro, prolific career, I think people will still think of him as a, as a Ghostbuster or Peter Venkman first before anything else. Oh yeah, and. In some cases, much to his dismay. Well, and that, um, see, that's 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 a downfall on their parts. That yeah. to to sit there and say, "Look, I don't want to be known for just this one character." It's like, okay, fine, but you can't you can't fault people for for you can't undo it. True for thinking about that fondly. But I think both in real life and in the movie, Winston slash Ernie Hudson kind of rode on the coattails of the Ghostbusters. Which I is fine. I that in a bad way. I mean, he. It, I, I like I'm pretty it. sure that's one of his first roles. I yeah. mean, why wouldn't you write on the coattails of that? Yeah, and I think that's kind of what they're referencing a little bit in the, in the How shows. would those kids reference that? Well, in a meta sort of way. Okay, Obviously, so it's the Duffer Brothers that are... And I mean, this, in, in this reality... Yeah, this is more like commentary by the Duffer Brothers. Well, they're wrong. But... <laughs> 
But I, I agree with the sentiment that it being Halloween, you could be any of the Ghostbusters. It shouldn't really matter. I mean, everybody assumed Lucas would be Winston. Right. Because of obvious reasons, I think. And he was like, no, I don't want to be Winston. I want to be Vankman. And it's Halloween. You could be Vankman if you want to, no matter what. And kind of point in fact, someone on Reddit said, well, I wanted to be Winston on Halloween. And it was like this cute little white kid that looked like Anakin from episode one <laughs> in like 1987 wearing the, the cartoon version of the Winston suit. So but the it even blue had, one? It was blue and yeah. it had the Winston name tag. Nice. So it was like... wait. I thought his name tag says Zedmore. Or Zedmore, sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, I forgot his last name was Zedmore in the movie, but yeah. Um, uh, but come to think of it, no, it said Winston on the cart on the, the one that the kid had. So really? Maybe he just didn't put Zedmore on it or his mom made it as Winston. Fair enough. Whatever it was, I don't know. Was, the cartoon might actually have it as Winston instead of Zedmore. I don't even think the cartoons have the name badge on it, actually. I think it's just like a little spot, but okay. it's too much work to draw that name yeah. on there or something. I don't know. Um, kind of tangential to that. I've ever, you ever notice if you watch any of the Aladdin movies besides the first one, if you ever look at the the rug, it just looks like a mash of like purple and gold. And <laughs> there's no to, detail. Yeah, it yeah, makes like, sense because yeah. it's gonna be moving a lot, and there's not gonna be a lot of times when they do. Yeah, when they're they, not gonna put as much work. Yeah. In Anywho, speaking of Halloween, um, Steve and Nancy, I, I guess. Steve was dressed as Tom Cruise from Risky Business, so I'm guessing Nancy was supposed to be Re- Rebecca De- De Mornay yep. from Risky Business, which yep. I didn't quite get. It wasn't exactly the same outfit, um, not to mention, I think the Rebecca De Mornay was brawless in her interpretation, <laughs> so... All right, Mr. Skin. <laughs> uh, that's a reference to last week's episode. That's, uh, yeah, this is very much a reference. Um, I... What did you, I mean, what did you think of her reaction at the party? Like, he, I mean, who do you feel for more in this in this relationship between the two of them? I feel more for Steve because I feel Steve really made, like, a change. And then it's starting to come out little by little. And I noticed this, we didn't talk about it in the last episode for episode one, but in the scene where uh, Nancy and Steve are talking and he's trying to work on his... Uh, like college application essay mm-hmm. or something. Uh, he's kind of frustrated because like it's not the most eloquent you know sp- essay ever. Right. I um, mean, he's making allusions to playing basketball or something. And, yeah. Uh, or some some like how sport. his win was the same as his grandfather going to war. Or yeah, like that. he was trying to use that structure of like comparing and whatever. So it's it's like you could see a look on her face where Nancy's kind of like. Oh, you're pretty, but you're not really. There's not a lot up there, you know. And like she's kind of. And yeah. even in the first episode, when like he, she's talking to Will about going to the party, and then Steve shows up, and like Will walks away. Or Jonathan. I'm sorry, Jonathan, not yeah. Will. But Jonathan walks away, and uh, she's like, she she's looking after him, like she's looking back to see what he's, you know, what he's doing and stuff like that. So there's more of the whole who's who is it that she's really in love yeah. with, and and. You know, in in a lesser story, they would make St- Steve an asshole so that you could you could be on board with her getting you know going with with Jonathan, but he's not. He's a nice guy. He he did make that turn in the first season where he 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 helped out and he became a better person. So, 
Yeah, but unfortunately, Nancy did not. <laughs> she did not. Like no, she still, she, she she very much was attracted to him physically. Yeah. And I mean, she was her her first, so there's that attachment that comes with it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's starting to unravel now, and uh, yeah, her drunken outburst kind of showed a little bit of how she really feels. I think. Uh, so, um, characters I want to talk about. And we didn't get too much into them in the first episode, but Max and Billy. Fuck, yeah. Billy is crazy. Yeah, Billy's got issues. But doesn't that just make him seem like such a dangerous bad boy? <sighs> it just makes me feel like he's a petulant <laughs> child. Like, when he's driving, like, well, one, when he's picking her up, he's like, you're late. If you're late again, you better be riding, you're going to be riding your skateboard home. It's like, really? What is it you have to do? When, when again, once again... We have no, we have no idea why they're here. We haven't met their parents yet. You know, why is it that he seems to be the one in charge? Like, I, I don't know. He he's playing up the asshole factor really well. Um, this actor and the the when he's in the car and she's like, "It's your fault. We're here." He's like, "Really?" And he just starts freaking out. Like, it's like, "Wow, where is this all coming from?" I I I, I really do want to know their backstory now. You get some of it. I, like I said before, I've, I've watched ahead, so there will be some answers. I don't know if they'll be completely satisfactory, but you will get a better understanding of their dynamic. <laughs> so, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, yeah, he definitely seems like he's a bit unhinged, a little bit of a loose cannon, psychotic maybe even. Um, and you're kind of wondering, wow, this douche nozzle is going to be the you know, Demogorgon bait of the season. <laughs> Do you think that uh, he would have hit the boys if it wasn't for max pulling the steering wheel i don't think so i think he was definitely just trying to mess with her but there is some sort of like unhingedness to him Mm -hmm. Uh, he's definitely uh would you would you say there's a character in 80s pop culture that would be equivalent like how we've done with the other characters oh yeah um i i not accurately prepared to discuss a few but yeah there's definitely some that i can what about the 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 bully from the the stephen king's it the one that we just watched the the newer one like those guys are very similar yeah Yeah. okay there's definitely some some cross parallels there that one was a bit more homicidal this one just seems to be reckless (laughs) i don't know i got a very much a, a sociopath feel from him yeah, I really want to. I, I, I want to know what it is, why they're in Hawkins as opposed to where <laughs> they were. Um, okay, uh, we see more of Hopper and Eleven. Um, he he's he's teaching her Morse code. You know how to stay stay hidden. Staying hidden is smart, and they don't make dumb mistakes or yeah. something. Some little mantra that they have. Three simple rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can he really keep her in that? How that cabin for too much longer? No, I mean physically, no. She no. could leave oh, yeah, whenever yeah. she wants. Yeah, yeah. But as a young child, young girl, even you know, she's gonna get very curious and curious and leave soon, right? Oh yeah, um, I got a really strong vibe of species as a species, not species split, split from this the, that whole cabin scene. Um, oh okay. Yeah. Well. Re- not the molesty part, though, right? No, 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 okay. no, 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 not that part. <laughs> no, more of just trying to keep a, a science experiment concealed for their own safety 
and the safety of others kind of, you know, there's only so much you can do to hold that kind of raw power back till eventually it rebels on you. Uh, I mean, she's obviously getting a lot of her knowledge. If, if the stuff that's not being taught to her by Hopper, she's getting from TV. Yeah. Uh, is uh, how do you feel that that's going to play out later? Like, unfortunately some of it is from uh daytime soap opera so that's not gonna be good yeah so if she keeps watching dallas she's gonna get a southern drawl and <laughs> just be annoying as hell some bouffant hairdo <laughs> um yeah that's <laughs> it's kind of funny because it kind of feels like how i grew up i remember getting a lot of my education from watching tv yeah yeah like, me too a lot of uh batman and robin power hours in the middle of the day <laughs> and some prices right um what uh uh oh what was i gonna oh so we get to see some of the flashbacks of what happened to her between where we last saw her beating the demigorgon to where she is now in hopper's uh cabin uh she wakes up in the upside down she kind of finds an opening pushes her way through finds her her way to mike's house but the, the feds are crawling all over the place. She doesn't want to get caught. Goes out into the woods. Lives off of squirrels for a little while. Yeah, she picked up a new ability called squirrel bending. <laughs> which is probably the most shocking thing I've seen so far. Uh, like, whoa, that was brutal. I yeah, did not that see was pretty brutal. No. Uh, lights it on fire to cook it. Throws it at a guy. I mean, could you imagine being hit with a burning squirrel? Flaming squirrel. Flaming squirrel. That's got to be a new insult. Yeah. Did we did do we find did we see the the part where Hopper finds her? Yes. Okay. Uh, it, I believe it's later on in the episode. Um, it's dark and she goes to that spot where she finds the egos. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at one point Hopper finds her just out like right near it, and it's like, "Hey, it's you," and thus begins their journey together. Uh, obviously she's kind of taking a spot as a surrogate daughter to him and you know it's the closest thing that she's ever had to a father so she pretty devoted to following what what the way that he describes how to do things so uh which is a good thing and maybe a bad thing is there a way that she can exist out in hawkins without there being big troubles i'm gonna say no Okay, <laughs> she's uh, she in in many ways she's kind of a feral child. Mm. And she's Nell, a little bit. <laughs> she's got her own secret language, <laughs> and um, she she's gonna have a lot of work to do to incorporate into the society. And I mean, even if she does, what's her place really gonna be in it? I mean, if she just starts going to school with the kids, um, you know that would probably be very difficult i think if anything that and that's assuming that you know she can stay under the radar and not be discovered by the remains of hawkins lab or whoever the secret government organization was that was doing the experiments we don't really know for sure at this point if they ever stopped doing the experiments this is just one lab in one small town in the middle of america and so far we've seen two of the test subjects now eight and eleven well, didn't we see another one in, 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 in the first season? The one, one of them that died? Wasn't that like nine or something? Or I don't remember if we saw one in the first season that died. I thought we did. 
Meh, I think this ago. is the first one that we've seen that is a, another numbered. Uh, okay. I mean, there was lots of kits that were reported to be stolen based right. on some of the records that they saw when they went to investigate with uh, Eleven's mom. But um, this, this this season marks the first confirmed other test subject that's still living. Uh, let me ask you this as our resident Redditor. Have you checked out Reddit for this uh, show? Some, yeah. And any interesting theories that wouldn't give away further future episodes? Uh, there is a theory that the, um, the the creature from the Upside Down, the gigantic one, uh-huh. is Test Subject 001. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that is actually where that's, the upside down comes that's from. That's kind of a an Akira like thing. Then yeah, <laughs> they're saying that like that that one's mind powers like expanded beyond measurable. Like, so maybe if there's some type of formula or something, some something that they injected into the kid, they gave way too much and they had to yeah. cut back. Like his brain basically exploded into another dimension and it took life there instead. Yeah, basically. I wanted to talk about that giant tendrilled creature. So. Uh, we saw that in the first episode of the season with when Will is having his flash sideways or whatever you want to say. But uh, in the in the part when Eleven is trying to walk through or at least open up the doorway a little bit more inside the school so that she can go back to the real world, like that there there's that bright orange look in the doorway and you see a bunch of wavering lines. Which, I mean, it can be assumed that it's just the the stuff that's growing out of the doorway. But the way it moves is very similar to the giant tendrils that you see coming off that creature. Do you think that's kind of that's what that's implying? Or do you think that um, I'm reading too much into that? I think that might be kind of where they're going. I think the creature is not just the creature with the tendrils, but rather... Uh, the whole world, like you were saying. Essentially, yeah. Like, the, like you have the upside-down world, but you also have it covered in stuff. Right. Like, weird kind of roots or vine type things and yeah. i think those are part of the creature like when you see when we see will do his flashback at the arcade and the, the arcade sign itself is overgrown with these root yeah tendrils so it's something that's just overgrowing um the you know other version of of the, the world hmm. uh we know for a fact that there's only going to be four seasons of the show yeah uh does it end well for any of these characters at the end of four seasons? Well, let's I know see. It's, it's a little early to speculate, but... I think... Uh, let me see. So by the time the show ends in three more seasons or two, two more, more seasons. seasons, it'll be... 1986? In Hawking's Land, it'll be about 1986, 87 maybe? Well, that's assuming that they go years. I mean, it, the next season could just be three months later. I think they're going to try to keep it fairly close to being like real time okay. aging with the kids. Okay. So they don't have to say they're still in like middle school and they're like, you know, in their late teens or whatever. Um, so they're probably going to try to follow some kind of formula like that. Um, no, I think some. There will definitely be some dark things happening to some of the characters, I'm sure, uh, by the time we get to season four. Um, speaking of middle school. I, I loved the fact that Dustin is the first one to realize that nobody else at the school is dressed up on Halloween. They, they keep He keeps making reference back to, everybody dressed up last year. I don't understand. <laughs> and then this year, nobody dressed up except for them. And, of course, that makes them the freaks. 
Yeah, and I feel so bad for them because that actually happened at my work not too like long ago. <laughs> um, we had sent out an email where somebody did in our group, and it was like, "Hey, let's all like in our particular team, let's all do Super Mario characters." And everybody was like, "Okay, that sounds like a cool idea." And I was kind of like, eh, "I don't know if I want to do that. Like, what am I gonna be? You know, like, I don't like any character specifically enough to want to dress up like them." And then I actually got the bright idea, like, "Oh, wait a minute." I could be a question block. <laughs> and uh, I even had like the whole idea planned out. Like, okay, I'm going to get myself a cardboard box, paint it orange, do the question mark on it. I'm going to get one of those little keychain sound effect things that they have at Walmart for or Target. Okay, for, uh, yeah, yeah. Mario coins. Uh-huh. And then I was going to get like, uh, I think they also have at Hot Topic, you can get the candy filled mushrooms in both the one up and the power mushroom colors. Okay. So green and red. And you can get the Mario coins. Uh, also filled with candy. So whenever someone hits you, you were gonna throw those out. Yeah, I was gonna like just like grab a handful of the candy, and just like throw it up in the air. <laughs> um, I had it all planned out, but this was the day before we were supposed to do it, and it was on a Sunday. So I was like, yeah, I don't feel like going out to the store now. <laughs> Probably all about to close anyway. So the next day, nobody from my team went sh- dressed up except for one person. Aww. It was the one that sent out the email. Of and course. she did a really, really nice Bowser. Did she? She had a Ninja Turtle backpack with some glued-on spikes. Uh, she wore a yellow shirt, uh, and she dyed her hair and eyebrows red. Oh, wow. And she just looked at all of us with, like, just this disappointment in her face. Heartbroken. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Thankfully, one of our other team members came later dressed as Luigi. Okay. So it kind of vindicated her a little bit, but I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, I could have been the question block that helped, uh, you know, this not be the only person messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Surprisingly, for an office that allows costumes, very few people even bothered. I'm kind of disappointed in that. Uh, You know, that that sometimes that's the way it it tumbles out, I guess. I guess. Yeah. So next time, I'm definitely going to have a cardboard box ready to uh, go as a question block. (laughs) Um, Dustin and Lucas, definitely obsessed with, with Maxine. Uh. Do you think, and without, it, I mean, you might know, but does she end up being closer to one of the two? Yes. Okay, so, wait, are you saying yes, or do you know yes? <laughs> Let's just say you're saying yes. Let's just say I'm saying yes. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. Um, it's a 50-50. It is. <laughs> it really is. So, uh I, I like that she was she she ended up dressing up later when she went trick or treating with them uh, as Michael Myers, really scaring the hell out of all of them, especially Will, which is understandable because he spent the time that he spent in the Upside Down. But well, like, wasn't Lucas the one that shrieked like a girl? Was it? I thought it was Will. No, it was Lucas. Oh, okay. I think she specifically made fun of him for that. Oh well, never mind. I thought it was Will, uh, but then Will does have a panic attack. Uh, you know, episode, whatever you want to call it, uh, when the boys, the older boys kind of pick on him, calling him a freak and zombie boy. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that they, they pick on him for being the boy who came back to life when it was explained that it was, uh, he was just lost in the woods. Like that's the official story that they said later. Um, but so he there was ne- a body. 
but the the body was uh, I guess the way they explained that was that it was just an unknown body. Oh yeah. It was uh, oh some unidentified kid possibly from a different town. Like they're looking into that. It wasn't Will though. <laughs> um, but they're still calling him that, the zombie boy, because I guess if there's some way that you can ostracize a kid, you're going <laughs> to take You're going to find it. it, yeah. If the kid came to school one day wearing red shorts, he's red shorts boy, and that's the thing. Uh, so that's that was interesting. That I mean, it's unfortunate. Like I, that, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to talk about in the in last episode that we talked about. Like, how can you go on with your regular life when these events have already happened? And I think... Will is the one that it affected the most, obviously. Um, Joyce is very much like, hey, we need to pay attention to what's going on with him. And and Will is, you know, you know, kind of, I don't want to say lashing out, but he's, he's, he's expressing to his brother, Jonathan, like, you know, what it, what it feels like to be him. And Jonathan feels kind of bad for him. He's like, okay, I'm going to let you go out halloween or trick-or-treating with your friends by yourself without me not that i don't know what exactly jonathan would he might have been able to to stop the older boys from messing with him but should he have left him alone i think he was trying to do the right thing or the nice thing maybe yeah but sometimes some space yeah but sometimes the nice thing isn't the right thing right the kid went through a lot and he's still going through a lot yeah so I don't think that was a right answer to the whole situation because even if he would have kind of been there to help deter the bullies at that time, they were just going to do it at a different time. You know? It's, yeah. It's one of those where you can't be there all the time, so it's better to maybe help him just kind of learn how to cope with that kind of thing because that's life. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Nancy gets rather plastered at the party that Jonathan eventually shows up to. Um some things come out does she really feel that way about steve or was it just she was trying to push him away oh no yeah i think she's an honest drunk oh oh yeah okay Um, i've i've seen that type of drunk in real life and i'm like well i'm certainly glad that alcohol is good for something here (laughs) (laughs) you terrible terrible person um but yeah no yeah she's a terrible drunk um slurs her speech and everything and says the truth which i do believe she means she means that she does not truly love him or at least uh she's starting to come out of her initial attraction and now realizes um she's not really what he was after he was just you know the guy at the time that she was feeling kind of jonesy for and jonathan takes her home and puts her to bed and kind of takes care of her but which how did he do that without the parents like having any issue (laughs) well maybe it might have been late enough and she had a key to get into the house you know it could have been quiet i guess i guess i I think that the worst parents in hawkins are the wheeler (laughs) parents those those people are seem to be completely unaware of what's happening i think i said this when we talked about the first season i think all the parents are pretty bad but then again that's supposed to be the sign of the 80s and stuff where you know you just let your kids go you didn't really worry about too much until something happened um i think this is the first time we see lucas's family didn't we and And, dustin's too i think and dustin's mom yeah that's right um uh, apparently a lot of people were making a big deal about Lucas's little sister and yeah. how she's so sassy and calls him a nerd and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. She's a hater. Yeah. Uh, as I, I think I read this week that she's already, um, confirmed to be back for next season. I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. She's kind of a, 
a big pick. <laughs> um, Bob, Bob and Joyce. Bob's kind of dropping hints of hey, maybe moving to another city wouldn't be a bad idea for Will. Yeah, and the rest of the family. Yeah, uproot, have a new fresh start where nobody knows about Zombie Boy. Do you think Joyce wants to stay there just because of the doctors that are helping Will, or do you think there's other things? Like, is 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 Hopper keeping her around? I don't think Hopper's keeping her around, but I think it's just one of those things where if that's where you grew up, that's home to you, mm-hmm. and you never really had any aspirations to leave. Like, why now? You know. Well, I mean, I think for good reason. Some terrible shit happened to your son here. Yeah, but I don't think I. I think they feel. I think she honestly feels like the the worst of it has already passed. Now it's just dealing with it. I think obviously the the uh, it would be terrible for Jonathan. I mean, not that he's really got a lot of friends and stuff in in high school, but like uprooting a kid in the last years of his high school career, you know, can usually be pretty bad. And then it would be really hard for Will to make new friends somewhere yeah. else. I think so. it would be the worst for Will overall. Yeah, so. I mean, I think there's just enough to keep her there. Um, and, and, I mean, plus, she also works at a convenience store, it looks A like. general store. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't uh, think she's really raking in the big bucks to just uproot, and even with the help yeah, of... Yeah, but he does. He he does. I mean, it, it's it's kind of, set, I don't know, it's implied that he, he makes good money in his electronics store, and he could get a job at a Radio Shack. So what is he managing a Radio Shack? I, I think actually, I think he owns his own electronic store. So essentially, it would be him selling the business or closing it up, and then going to work for a Radio Shack. Hmm, maybe. Um, one thing we didn't talk about last episode was the pumpkins. The pumpkins all being diseased and dying. The guy who owns the patch thinks that another farmer is poisoning it. As we see, this other farmer comes up and says that that guy came back and retaliated, and then also got all the other pumpkin patches. Obviously, this is going to have something to do with the Upside Down. Um, it's the Great Pumpkin War. <laughs> uh, do you think something else escaped? Or do you think it's just the Upside Down bleeding? It's sort of a combination, I think. Oh. I think there's... Uh, it hasn't been made clear yet at this point, but knowing a little bit more of what happens ahead of time... Uh, yeah, there's definitely some upside down that's getting out into the town. Okay. So, it's in, and that's in a couple of different ways, as we'll see here soon. Um, yeah, can't really say too much more without really getting into <laughs> super spoily ter- spoilery territory, so let's just leave that up for discovery, but we'll definitely revisit that little segment. Okay, and uh, the pumpkins lead right into Hopper kind of breaking his promise to uh, Eleven of being home early and having them eat candy together and watch scary movies which to me she didn't really even seem like that upset because she was too absorbed into the the tv shows that she was watching but uh he does try to apologize to her you know what else comes out in that scene uh she then reveals that she's able to go into the 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 void Mm -hmm. at pretty much at will now uh, by simply turning on the static on the TV uh, to act as a form of sensory deprivation or mm-hmm. white noise and blindfold herself. And it looks like she's paying uh, Mike some some uh, like visits? interdimensional uh, astral plane visits. Was she able to communicate with him? Uh, it kind of seems that way because uh, I think if this was sort of a flash backwards or... 
I'm not sure if it was happening in real time. The last time that you saw Will, I mean Mike, talking into the radio, he swears for a split second he almost heard um, Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it turned out to be Dustin. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, maybe he just kind of misheard. Well, I mean, there are also possibilities that she's been doing it multiple times. And that's that's what I would be led to believe. Like, maybe he has been hearing her. Um, it's just that he's not entirely sure because he doesn't have any concrete proof that he made contact. Right. And plus, he just also, you know, showing that he has, hasn't given up hope. You know, he's been radioing on the, the walkie-talkie, like, every day since she disappeared. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's keeping count of the days and... That's how long, that's how she knows how long it's been, which I also think is funny that uh, given that she's what eleven, twelve years old uh, in the story, she's just now learning how to tell time. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, obviously they didn't teach her anything while she was in the yeah. institute. So yeah, that's why I'm saying she's still part feral child. Like yeah. she's learning basic things now. Um, like she's learning vocabulary, like words, like word of the day, and you know he'll say something to her. Um, so that was kind of interesting. So is there anything else about this episode you wanted to bring up before we close up? Uh, I loved all the Ghostbuster stuff. Yeah. It was such like, I don't know, like in a weird way, it kind of washed away the bad taste that was left by the Kevin Feige or not Kevin Feige, Paul Feig. It's a totally different person. (laughs) The Paul Feig Ghostbuster movie. I'm like, ah, the classic theme, classic looking (laughs) costumes. Uh, okay, and if, if there's anybody else who'd like to bring up anything about this episode or any of the stories we talked about, we'd love to hear from you. I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. John's also on Twitter as. I'm at Magic Bollocks. The rest of the Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio, and GeekElitRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network, saying always remember to geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.